and this is Andy. Welcome to Hawking and Learning, the podcast where we watch old episodes of television to see what they have to teach us today. Today we're watching an episode that I would like to say right now was suggested by Andy and I had yeah, no this is all, part in picking it. This is uh, all my fault. This is an episode uh, called Control Your Thoughts of the show, The Gospel Bill Show, which was brought to us by Willie George Ministries. You can watch it on YouTube. <laughs> The original air date is unclear, but the music and video copyrights in the end credits say 1987, so I'm guessing it's somewhere in the 1987 range. Um, Andy, before we get into the episode, my first question is, uh, uh, how dare you? (laughs) I have a question. Where do you get off? Um, Yeah, uh, here's the thing, and and I think that 1987, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be... When the discs were released, this is a this ministry has been in making these cowboy themed gospel shows throughout the 80s. Um, and how dare I? That's a great question, uh, Chelsea. I, uh, of course, if you haven't, if this is your first episode ever, uh, I grew up in a pretty religious household and we would always go to church and Sunday school. And often go to church camps and vacation Bible school. My parents put me into a church as often as they could. I think for my my soul and for their sanity. Free babysitting. Free babysitting. God will watch them. Um, And you run out of stuff to talk about, surprisingly. There's only so many Bible lessons you can really get kids into. And... Much like a regular school, every now and then they'd just be like, here, watch a video. Yeah. And so you'd have to find Bible programming, and Gospel Bill is one of those shows. And I remember watching this very often when I was a kid, um, and I remember it being just about the same production value that we just uh, got into. And I'm very excited to go back over it. Um, Yeah. I mean, I also grew up in a very religious household and went to vacation Bible school and all that stuff. Missed gospel bill somehow, but um, kids who grew up on regular media just have no idea what it was like for us who had to watch like focus on the family films and like listen to salty, the songbook tapes instead of Paul Abdul and watch like Rigoletto instead of Gremlins. (laughs) Come to school and be like. <laughs> you try to try to relate with your friends. Oh, remember when he puts that dog in the microwave? Yeah, but what about when Salty says a psalm? Yes. Remember that, everybody. When he says, "Beloved, we let had, us love one another." We had a whole row of videotapes that no one had ever heard of outside of Lord. our house. The uh, worst was uh, being in youth uh, youth church, which is anywhere from ages twelve to. 18, really, as long as you want to stay there, I'm sure they'll, they'll accept you. Uh, and uh, doing the cool teen life 101, I think it was yes, called, yes, uh, yes. Sunday night uh, teen worship. And the videos there, we couldn't obviously use Gospel Bill, that's for babies. Um, so we would watch various rock, Christian rock videos. Boy, if you want to, I don't know feel better about whatever art you're making. Uh, I I only remember one of them, which is like this weird dystopian future. Of course. And there's a lot of them that were dystopian futures. And it was a bunch of people walking around in the desert being like, 
this really stinks, but we got to love Jesus and then rock guitars and then we're on our way. Weird how none of them predicted the dystopian present that we're living in now. Um, lots, of, lots of religious leaders have missed this pandemic uh, thing. <laughs> I, I have an aunt who gave me a whole series of books about teen sex, which is, I think, a thing that they're way more worried about for girls than boys. And basically it was like, if you have sex once, you will get pregnant and then all of your friends will abandon you. No mm-hmm. other boys will ever want to date you. Yep. It really is the worst possible thing that could ever happen to you. Like a whole series of books I read with this was the theme. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to go back a second, Chelsea, and uh, I missed telling a joke um, a second ago, and that can't happen. God and forbid. Not on my watch. So uh, uh, mention again that religious leaders really missed this pandemic. Yeah, I feel like none of those guys uh, predicted the dystopian present that we're living in now. Yeah, a lot of religious leaders thought it was going to be war. Looks like they backed the wrong horseman of the apocalypse. No, there it is. is. We got there. Hooray. No Um, joke left behind. Okay, so before we get into this fucking thing, let's <laughs> talk about. Oh wait, our I'm sorry. Snack. There's a there's a you wrote what that we have to get through very quickly. Oh god, I can only imagine. You wrote what special edition? YWW stands for you worshipped what kind of way? <laughs> it's the best I could do. It's the best I could do. Look, we're going to talk about the bill in gospel bill in uh, the later part of this episode. <laughs> I want to mention gospel. a show called Sid Roth's It's Supernatural, which started mm. in 1996 and apparently is still going on. Mm. Uh, the episode um, of this that aired November 27, 2016, is Ken and Trudy Blunt come up oh. with a supernatural way to devil-proof your marriage and your family. What the fuck? Also, I know and who they are from watching this, but... There you go. This, this is a, the character. One of the characters in this is called Nicodemus. His, the actor who plays him is Ken Blount. And uh, he and his wife appeared on this show to talk about their religious uh, epiphanies and how to keep the devil away from your marriage. I could only watch five minutes of it when they started talking about how God fixed Trudy's cross-eyedness. Um, <laughs> well, I, is it I, garlic? I like, what is the answer? Jesus is the answer, you dummy. You dumb, dummy. <laughs> Jesus is always the answer, you stupid, stupid dummy. How is it not something I can purchase from them, though? Like, uh, or is it the course that I, per- the no, uh, that I purchased? No, look, I'm, I'm, wow, I'm really rattled by your cynicism here. Sid Roth's It's Supernatural is just a show, Chelsea. They're not promoting anything really? other than Jesus mm-hmm. and your entire dedication to sure. following him. Sure, sure, sure. Send so your money control here. your thoughts, Chelsea. Control, control your, your thoughts. thoughts. Let's control some snack. Um, so we have a snack today that comes to us from the Amazing Company. It is Amazing mm-hmm. Granola Snack. This is another uh, snack that we first shouted out on Juneteenth, and it is a bunch of different amazing granola in sort of like um, lunchbox size granola packs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the- you've got I've got Caribbean delight here. Caribbean delight. Yeah, I have cranberry orange, um, and yours is vegan. Mine is nut-free, wheat-free, and soy-free, but not vegan. Um, The owner of Amazing Foods, Stephanie Williams, uh, believes in providing from scratch all natural snacks for her family, and so over time she developed her own granola recipe, and here we are. The snack instantly became a hit among her family, friends, and community, and then she resigned from her job to spend more time with her family and create an abundance of amazing moments. And looking at the... Ingredients list. There is sugar in here, but it's not the first ingredient. And it's mostly like 
you know, dried cranberries, pumpkin seeds, mm-hmm. uh, vanilla, orange oil, cinnamon, things like like other kinds of um, spices. And this isn't like a mine, at least, is like little. They're kind of like mashed granola chips. Yeah. Like they and adhere this, together. Like this isn't something you would like. Not like granola you put on your yogurt or something. Like this is a thing the, you can just eat on its own. The package refers to them as big snackable chunks. Which, (laughs) now that I've said it out loud, (laughs) maybe not the best one. I'm tired of talking. I want to eat a snack. Let's do it. Screw up uh, all natural uh, granola, and this is fucking amazing. This is delicious. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm very psyched about eating all of the rest of this. uh, Yeah, mine has. Um, it's like an orange. There's an orange oil Mm -hmm. on it, and then it has big uh, pumpkin seeds and cranberries in it, and the combination of those things is so good. It is. It's really amazing, and it's. It's sweet without being like you know normal granola or trail mix mm-hmm. or anything that you get is just like here's a bunch of sugar that we just dumped on it this is right. you know the flavors are very sweet so yeah. it's good yeah, yeah guys get this if you want natural granola snacks then look this up yeah there are For a bunch of other sake. flavors too i just chose these two but um yeah this is awesome oh, amazing foods oh, amazing granola snack check it out chelsea Let's yeah. talk about a God-blessed episode of television. Oh, my God. I knew you were going to do that. All yeah. right. So the Gospel Bill Show, if you're like me and you did not experience <laughs> this in your youth, is a Christian values-based television show that was produced by Willie George Ministries from June 1981 to May 1993. Uh, later episodes were titled Adventures in Dry Gulch, but it's the same characters and premise. They just changed the name of the show. Total of 65 episodes. During its main run, it was broadcast on the CBN and TBN networks and currently can be seen in syndication on the Daystar and Smile of a Child networks <laughs> and on other small independent Christian television stations. The Smile of a Child network? Yup. Gracious me. That's the creepiest thing I've heard in my life. Uh-huh. Welcome to the Smile of a Child network. <laughs> So the Gospel Bill show is set in the fictional town of Dry Gulch, which is portrayed as being in the Old West. However, there are lots of anachronistic references to the present day, sure. uh, such as television and answering machines. And uh, Dry Gulch is not named be- uh, Dry Gulch because there's very little rain there, Andy. It's named that because the citizens voted to keep it a dry city. Look at this. So- <laughs> this, this is a dystopian. Speaking of dystopian, <laughs> this is a small city that cannot possibly survive for more than one season. <laughs> <laughs> Where everybody is confronting every single problem with scripture yep. in a way that I'm like, y'all going to die. Like, it's not, I appreciate, uh, you know, supplementing your life with religious or spiritual beliefs. But if every answer to every problem is, well, what does that Bible say about it? Yeah. Including uh, emotional disputes. And if I'm remembering other episodes. Medical problems. Medical problems. Bank loans. <laughs> yeah. 
there's a there's a bacon <laughs> trust here that's featured prominently. Anyway, yeah, uh, we'll get into it. Uh, but yes. But first, we have a theme song that does one of the things that I find baffling and endearing, which is tells sure. me the character names instead of the actor names. <laughs> <laughs> it is helpful for hugging and learning purposes sure. for sure. But I am always like, okay, so these people what just believe that they this is not about fame for them. This is about the the, the journeys it's of these the characters. It's about the craft. Exactly. Um, so this is the entire Dry Gulch gang uh, yeah, that we uh, see in the credits. And uh, yeah, so... You've, you've, you've buried the lead here. There, this, the, the best part of this episode, by far, is the small preview that you get at the very beginning. The dumb show, yes. The dumb, the dumb show? Yeah, a dumb show. Like in Shakespearean times when... Oh, sure. Yeah, um, actors would come out and act, enact a small mute version yes. of the entire thing they do this one and it it results they they clip a, a scene that they're they're showing later um and then just show it at the beginning but it is it's it's very awkward we'll talk about it when the scene comes up but it's it's my favorite part of this episode um yeah the credits are here's gospel bill and nicodemus but don't worry the rest of the dry gulch gang will be there as well which doesn't help me we start this community theater TV show on <laughs> an Old West set, um, really and is. Nicodemus is coming out of the bank. He's dressed in like a full-on leather vest and chaps, circa some yeah. costume designer's idea of the 1800s. He and meets- Lordy, if he ain't found just the best stipple brush to put on a beard, oh y'all. My God. he's got like a pointillesque beard going on. Yes. He meets up with Elmer, who is dressed for a Garth Brooks concert circa 1997. Let's, let's, let's talk about Elmer for a second here. <laughs> we got we to gotta get this out. So look, okay, the, fine. These may not be the greatest None actors of, of their time. <laughs> None of this is fine. No. Look, it's not fine. Elmer Barnes, um, and I encourage everyone to go watch this. I can't force anybody but Chelsea to watch this show, but I encourage other people to uh, do it anyway. Um, Elmer Barnes is the lovable town stupid person. Uh, He's constantly... Boy, howdy. Yeah. And I guess that the way that the actor has chosen to express this character is um, he seems to be a relatively simple man who is constantly being punched inside his face by every word that he has to speak. So if you can imagine Barney Fife and put now put the portrayal of Barney Fife on a level of like an Oscar winning performance of a small town. Ooh, if Sean Penn did Barney Fife. Yes. This is like the everything he's he talks like this mm-hmm. and it comes out the side of his mouth he's also slouching like hunched over yeah and every his clothes are way the fuck too tight doesn't and work everything is just like first of all we're in the wild west i mean there or, or oklahoma which is where the ministry is actually located yeah this is some sort of uh derivative deep south accent yeah. which i never understand in westerns it's like have you been to arizona nobody talks like they're from georgia these towns were uh, historically accurately settled by people that came from the east coast mm-hmm. so it's a completely different kind of thing, but it's like, we would like to, this is the thing that bothers me and has bothered me my entire life. We would like to portray that this person is an idiot. So we've given them a thick Southern accent. Oh, um, because everyone from the South is an idiot. And he is also kind of like, he's also, he's like an Urkel, like fucking if Urkel won an Oscar, 
<laughs> this is like the community theater version of trying to be an annoying. I see what, I see what the comparison is now. Yeah, hanger little, on. Here's here's he's got because he's also got like a herky jerky thing going on. It's also as though the normal actor like took PCP a little too close to when taping was <laughs> scheduled and was like, I have to act normal no matter what. Right. And as such as like eyes are bugging out of his head. And yeah, every word seems to be pain, physically painful for him for to him speak. For him to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's offensive. I mean, it's just like choose, choose how to be offended by this. It's a choose your own offense adventure. Um, so, and just like, he shows up. We're not sure where he fits into the moral universe of this <laughs> right Good now. Luck. We see Good Nicodemus luck. first, yeah. and he seems to be the person we're supposed to root for. Uh, yeah. So he starts talking to Elmer about, they're both talking about my girl. It's going on yes. and on about this girl, what she looks like, and how she's got this smile. And they're mm -hmm. not naming a name. Pretty quickly we realize they're probably talking about the same woman. It's a real, this boy is mine situation. Oh, the boy is mine. This is yeah. so the boy is mine. It's And a weird midi version of my girl is playing beneath this awkward That's conversation. True. Until it gets so loud that you can barely hear the conversation <laughs> over it. This show is mixed horrifically. So eventually the mini version it's of so terrible. It's all so awful. You I'm just I'm so delighted from your point of view where I'm like, yeah, I remember this. Uh, you can't hear the voices again. <laughs> Sorry, yes. The most dramatic part of the conversation is drowned out by this mini <laughs> version of my girl. Where they realize um, they're both talking about Trudy Lou. Yes, and they're both talking about Trudy Lou. Miss Trudy Lou, who is the guy that plays Nicodemus's real-life wife, Trudy Blunt, um, does not appear in this episode, sadly. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so eventually... Let me tell you one thing. She's not cross-eyed anymore, Chelsea. She's not cross-eyed anymore. Because Jesus. Jesus. So Nicodemus Can I also do gets... one more thing before we move forward? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that you seem to be confused about Trudy Lou. <laughs> That's it. Trudy Lou is mine. There you go. There you Thanks go. very much. That would have been an improvement, a vast improvement over Jesus this actual Christ. scene. So Anything eventually <laughs> yeah, Nick go gets very upset. He's like, That's my sweetheart. She's and my girl. And Elmer is like, No, you you know, I can court whoever I want. And they go back and forth. And then we cut away. You know, yeah. this is a, we reached a boiling point on the street. Sure. Gospel Bill, the titular <laughs> Gospel Bill, enters the general store and begins talking to Miss Lana, mm -hmm. uh, who is the proprietress of the general store. They've talked about how much rain they've been having. And then I wrote, wait, is Gospel Bill wearing a badge? I thought he was the preacher or something. Why? Well, are he's you... the sheriff of the town. It's what, are you there's no me? separation of church and state. Like, <laughs> no, does, no, 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 no. Who doesn't understand is... the problem no, 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 with no, having no. Gospel this Bill is... be in charge I'm... of the government, like in charge Look, of the jail? Chelsea, I'm very sorry. I did not. You didn't watch the first episode where they draw up the town charter as a theocracy. Uh, and place what the actual fuck? I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But they do chase some federal agents off their land and <laughs> decide to live like an old west town. I want to write the M Night Shyamalan version of uh, Bible Gulch. Oh, Bible so Nation. Bad. So. <laughs> so anyway, mm -hmm. I realize at this point 
I had mistakenly thought from the title of the show, the gospel bell was going to be a religious figure in town. In fact, he's he's law and order. Why not both? Clearly both. Um, so, uh, they're talking, he's talking to Miss Lana and then suddenly a couple of low quality sound things happen in a row. Uh, Lana is cry talking because she goes back into the storeroom and realizes that all this rain has ruined her shipment and she's crying so weirdly that you can't really understand what she's saying. And then someone else rushes in to fetch Ned. Gospel Bill, who's and he's all very upset. You can barely understand what he's saying, but he's upset and he's like, you got to come outside. And then Nick and Elmer are about to come to fisticuffs. So let's, that, that's let's, what happens. Let's go back a second. Yes, the the Miss Lana is upset because her shipment, her recent shipment, in which is uh, Gospel Bill's ledger that he had ordered. Okay, it's a sign-in um, book for the jail. You know, because it's oh, I've I've already run through three of them this week. Uh, putting people in jail for eating shrimp or wearing mixed uh, fabrics. <laughs> I go by Deuteronomy rules. You cannot get through <laughs> your day without breaking rules. the law. It's like Jordan rules. <laughs> it's, it is. Uh, and then uh, uh, somebody named Ned rushes in. You don't get to see their face, Ned. so it's definitely just some stagehand. And he says, we're all going to die. <laughs> he he literally, that's his line. We're all going to die. Gospel Bill, un, un, unfazed, goes, what's that, Ned? And he says, look outside. And we are technically yes. all going to die. I mean, Gospel Bill knows that better than anybody. But what will happen after that, Ned wanted to go on to say. Yes. So Gospel Bill goes outside and breaks up this fight and uh, takes Nick to the jail. And so I'm guessing this is our call to adventure, but I can't tell if it's it's Gospel Bill or Nick yet, who's our hero. And there's no um, time to think about that, Chelsea, because we are changing gears in this episode. What the fuck? With this <laughs> Andy? Andy? I, this is when I knew. When it got to this part, I was like, of course we have to do this. This is, we quickly cut away. Gospel Bill's like, come on, I'm going to go talk to you. We're going to go figure this out. And then we cut to a, a segment where it is like somebody had five seconds to put a puppet together. And yep. they're like, I don't know, eyes? And they were done. <laughs> his name uh, is Eugene. Yeah, it's Eugene with two O's. And this segment is called At the Zoo with Eugene. And even um, I wrote down, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is, according to the website, uh, this is something that would happen a lot. Uh, Eugene yeah. would go to either the farm or the zoo, and they would show animal footage, and he would relate animal footage to Bibles. Uh, and then they would yeah. recycle these <laughs> bits. <laughs> they would recycle, they would put the, the these little segments. Sure. Um, so this one might have appeared in several different episodes. So, let's, let's pick about what is horribly wrong with this. Number, number one, number Eugene one. is completely separate of the footage. Yes. So it's not like his interactions, and the we're narrative... seeing a koala bear. That's yeah, what we're that's seeing. That's what this is all about. We're and seeing a koala clearly... bear. He immediately tells us right after telling us a koala bear is not a bear. He tells us, but it looks like a bear. It's like somebody put in a monologue, but then like cut it up in pieces and just read it at random. It's part narrative, part report, part. The thoughts of the koala part, my thoughts, right. uh, just in general, and then so many non sequiturs. I've called this entire segment Jesus Koala because it sure. ends with the line The koala shows us that God cares for us and he knows how to protect us from harmful things. That's why we must stay in his pouch. 
obey, obey God's, God's word. word. It is. Stay in his pouch. That's that's fine. That's, that's already fine. chilling. No, 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 no. Listen to me. That's already <laughs> chilling. But then a really raggedy ass fucking puppet going obey God's word is not what I need. Ever. <laughs> obey God's word. Me, Eugene the puppet. Koalas teach us that you must obey. It's so weird. How long so do we weird. have to stay in his pouch? <laughs> until. <laughs> until we're 18, until we're married? Like, until what? Until we die and we go to heaven. Baby which is just another pouch. Don't stay in the mom's pouch for their entire lives. He's saying things like the koala loves to crawl, climb up trees, and I guess you could say he looks a bit like a teddy bear. Stay in God's pouch <laughs> and obey his word. What it's, the fuck? It's, it's straight up whiplash. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a str- first of all. That's a narrative. That's a logical stretch to go from. It's a bit. The koala cares for its young, like God cares for us. Therefore, the God has a pouch in which yeah. we must reside. You gotta stay in that pouch so God can protect you in His pouch. I just don't. I don't. I don't, f- I don't you know, even in my most religious time, I did not feel like I was in a pouch at all. No. <laughs> you know what? When I went into public high school, I could have used a pouch then, also, being a religious kid there. Also, like. There is a lot of abdication of personal responsibility throughout this episode, and yep. the koala, the Jesus koala is not uh, immune because the idea that like if you just stay in God's pouch, he'll yeah. protect you from everything. It just means like oh great, living in God's pouch. Do I not need to make any decisions? Sign me up. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you know koalas, it's a fucking. They think they own everything. Stay in pouches all goddamn day. So Fuck back to drag gulch. <laughs> Uh, Nick and... It sounded like you said Drag Gulch, which is a show that I'm going to write now. That's <laughs> all. Gulch. So Nick and uh, Gospel Bill go back to the jailhouse set, and then this is when I realized this is probably Nick is our hero and Gospel Bill is going to be our mentor, and sure. that's probably true of every episode of this yeah, show. I'm um, about. So Gospel Bill says to Nick, you can't get upset with Elmer just for talking to your girlfriend, and Nick's like, yeah, but everybody knows she's my girlfriend, and he's always still a talking to her. And um, I one I wonder if anyone's gonna consult True Lou about this. Does she no, have any she, agency mm, here? Am I no, gonna I'm go sorry. ask her what she thinks about any of this? She's no. a pretty lady. She can't be held responsible for her actions. No, or Can the effect she has on people. Did you get any like alarm bells at this conversation? This skirts like a very uncomfortable line. There's an exchange. Oh, I'm sorry, I have it. No, it down. does because there's this idea. Gospel Bill's like, well, she's pretty. Guys are going to talk to her. Mm-hmm. It's so close to like, but what were you wearing? It like, is very it's close to that. So close to sort of like. It is she, her. She has this effect on people. They're yeah. not responsible for their actions. It's the right. effect she has on them. So there's this exchange as well, which which made me. I watched it a couple times. It's not. It's very. It's. It feels like it's almost coded. Uh, Gospel Bill says, "Well, you don't own Miss Trudy Lou Nicodemus," and he says, "I know, but one of these days, one of these days, I plan on marrying that gal, and he knows it." And then Gospel Bill says, until you get married, lots of fellas are going to stop by and say howdy. Yeah. And it's the implication is, you don't own her yet. But until once you married. get married, yeah. I, you I, will. I want to make sure I wasn't just imagining that. Oh, no. No, I thought we were going to get some points because he said, you don't own Miss Trudy Lou. And I was like, oh, good. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, but one of these days I'm going to marry her. The implicit rest of that sentence is, yeah. and then I will own her. Yes, then and she then, will be your legal property and yes. you will be able to shoot men who come near her. <laughs> and Gospel Bill co-signs on that by saying, until you get married, people are going to talk to her. Yep. 
So um, now we're in a special world, I guess, where I don't know what the fuck it, it. We're in a special world where Nicodemus has to deal with the fact that his supposed sweetheart has conversations with other men. Um, and we instead yeah. we go back to our B plot, which is Lannis Flood. And she again is saying, <laughs> how am I going to replace all this stuff? She's in the store. Nicodemus and, uh, has just, made a promise to Gospel Bill that, by the way, this is very important. He has, he's made a promise that he isn't going to fight with Elmer. Yes, sorry, that's important. Uh, yeah. Gospel Bill makes Nicodemus promise he's not going to fight with Elmer, and he specifically says, don't even think about him. Just go, you know, don't yeah. even think about him. So Nick comes into the store where uh, Miss Lana's so worried about all her stuff, and he almost immediately behind him, Elmer comes into the store yep. and Elmer asks Lana for a box of chocolates to give to a nice young lady right in front of Nicodemus. And Nicodemus follows him out of the store and demands to know if the candies are for Miss Trudy Lou. Of course they are. And then they almost get into a fight, but Nick remembers he promised Gospel Bell not to fight. Mm-hmm. So they don't. And Elmer wanders off singing Love is in the Air, which is an anachronism and also... We saw this exact scene nine seconds ago. Did they think that Jesus Koala was going to make us forget? Like, we just saw them do I this. Mean, it had a good chance of making you forget. Mm-mm. Yeah, it could have wiped away a lot of thoughts. Hey, here's my favorite moment of the episode. <laughs> so uh, uh, Elmer's carrying a fishing pole and those those candies, and Nicodemus is like, I want to fight you. And then he puts one, so Elmer puts <laughs> one fist up and says, then put up your duke. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good. That's that's one joke for the for the parents in the audience. That's one joke, period, in the entire episode. The entire thing. So Nick goes back to the jailhouse to mouth off to Gospel Bill and recount the entire scene we just saw. Saw this is like some terrible, tedious writing. (laughs) We've seen we've seen the same scene twice, and now we get to hear someone describe it. So Gospel Bill says, "Elmer isn't really the problem." And this is a weird thing for me because we almost we skirt on some almost good advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then but then we don't. So no. Gospel Bill's like, Elmer isn't your problem. It's the way you're thinking about Elmer, and you need to control your thoughts. What he actually means, it seems, is you need to shift your perspective on how you're thinking about the situation, which yeah. is okay advice. It, except it, it that it borders on on straight up Buddhism. That's like you're making yourself unhappy. You're not responsible for your, the, the actions of others, but only your thoughts and reactions. So I was like, wow, are we gonna? And then it falls apart. Yes. Uh, also, at this point, I hadn't researched this yet. I just launched into the show. Mm-hmm. I wrote, Gospel Bill must be Willie George because he seems like a speaker but not an actor. Everyone yeah. else is chewing the scenery to shreds, and he's just given a PowerPoint about morality from behind a desk. And That's his you, acting style. Yeah. Growing up in, in church, you can tell he's got a very Baptist uh, preacher, Southern Christian preacher like timber, like, well, well, now here's this thing, and then yep. I'm going to talk to you about it. Yep, yep, that yep, yep, thing. yep. So we have to quickly go back to the B-plot. Uh, Lana repeats her previous lines, but this time she has a pain in her side, and next and thing like, we know, we're at the doctor. I, I saw Deadwood. Lana, you're fucking, it's <laughs> over for you. So Miss Lana has no physical reason to be feeling bad, the doctor tells her. <laughs> sure. He diagnoses her with stress, which we know is... Um, I wrote very progressive because he's like, you know, there's a connection between the mind and the body and uh, you're you're making yourself sick, basically, like you're worrying yourself to death. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. But then he immediately cuts that to shreds. Any sort of me thinking like, oh, interesting point, Mm -hmm. because he says 
if you continue thinking and worrying like you are, you're going to get an ulcer, which is, I was like, oh, this is control your thoughts. This is a different take on yeah. control your thoughts. Yeah. Um, and his advice is don't think about these things. That which seems is, to be everybody's goddamn advice which is in this. Like, what? Is, this is not anxiety. She's not having anxiety over some hypothetical thing that might happen. Yeah. This is a real business problem she's dealing with. Her stock is wet. She won't be able to sell it. People are going to come in asking for orders that they placed and she won't be able to fill them. This is not hypothetical. She's going to go out of business. Yeah. And I object. Also, it, 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 how has it ever worked? And I've, I've gotten this a couple times in my life just with diagnosis and whatever, blood pressure or possible ulcers. How is that helping anybody to be like, hey, if you don't stop worrying, you'll make yourself physically worse. Yes. You'll get ulcers if you don't stop worrying about it. So snap out right. of it. Also, the tradition of medical professionals telling people and women in particular, it's all in your head. Sure. Is evoked here in a way that I know was unintentional, but you can't miss it. If you've ever, like you're saying, if you've ever been in that situation, sure. the idea that you're like, my body is doing a thing. And the doctor is like, meh, you're just, nah, it's in your head. Probably just, uh, probably just your uterus floating around all over there. Oh, great. Now we have a puppet show break-in. It's Jesus Koala back I again. Need to, I need to mention this first. It's, there's a weird, the, the set design on this is spotty at best, but it really looks like for the doctor's office, they have like four shelves on them. Most of them have tincture bottles on it. And then it looks like just row after row of old bay seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> it's just tin after tin of very specific colored things i'm like that's just old bay seasoning yep. there's nothing yep. else that that yep. is that's just that ape nuts ape nuts <laughs> hey chelsea what's going on with eugene eugene's <laughs> going rogue eugene is going rogue he's back this from is, the zoo he's in <laughs> that koala pouch shit gave him a crisis of faith because he, he's quit on god He's piling up all of his like Sunday clothes and his, and Bible, his Bible in a box. And he's like, I'm done with this bullshit. <laughs> his, his religious supplies, his Bible and his Sunday clothes. He's put them all in a box and his sister comes in, Jeannie, and she's like, what's going on? And he says, I have closed the chapter of my life. I'm no longer a Christian. She's like, what's, why? And he says, I don't want to be a phony Christian. I think bad thoughts every day. And that makes me a phony. And sister says, you can think bad thoughts and also be a Christian. And Chelsea thinks... Okay. All right. Keep going. Where is this yeah, going? You're wrong. To, look, I, I was wrong. I, I will never I was say wrong this. to have optimism. I will never say this again, but you were wrong to hope. Yeah, I truly was. Because I thought what was coming was a lecture on the fact that like thoughts don't have to turn into actions, but that's right. not what's, that's nope. not it at all. Instead of pointing out that you don't have to act on bad thoughts, uh, sister says that those thoughts were put there by the devil. Yep. Uh, those thoughts are not you. They are the devil. The Bible says the devil is the tempter. And it is at this point that I become aware that these puppets are both voiced by Willie George. <laughs> I don't know why. Are they really? It hit me. They are. It hit me in this moment. I was like, these are voiced by the same person. And then I thought I listened oh, no, for a second more and I was George, like, this is Willie George, both Eugene and Jeannie. Uh, so she Here's says, the thing, though. I'm going to say this in Willie George's defense. When oh. Eugene says to Jeannie, oh, Eugene and Jeannie, hilarious. Too close. Too close. Fuck off those parents, those puppet parents. <laughs> um, when Eugene says to Jeannie, I'm not going to be a Christian anymore, Jeannie's uh, puppet expression made me think, oh, shit, Jeannie's going to stab this puppet. <laughs> 
Jeannie's going to be like, unclean, unclean. You are the interloper. Deserter. No, <laughs> oh my There's God. no place for you in God's kingdom. Step, her, step, step. Her, his eyes are huge and her eyes are like half-lidded. Like the way yeah. the puppet's made, it's her eyes are always half-closed. It's a weird effect. Yep. So she says... It's not a sin to have a bad thought. It's a sin if you keep thinking about it and you like what you're thinking about. What? Uh What? What about personal responsibility? What about action? But Chelsea, what what about the devil? Right. Instead of advocating for self-control and being like, your thoughts are not who you are. You have thoughts, but you don't have to act on them. It's yet another person saying, control your thoughts. This is fucking madness. This is, is the way to drive a person insane. This, this is the way to drive a gay kid insane. Well, this is the way to drive uh, me, Andy, insane. Because like a lot of these lessons when I was a kid, they set up this obsessive thought pattern. And this, this rang most true to me because it was like, um, Jeannie says... If you have a thought that the devil puts into your brain, you should quote scripture until it goes away. And I'm just yes. like, well, that's just, why don't you just tap a light light switch five times so your family doesn't get hurt? It feels like it's it's going to lead spell. into. It's like casting it a counter spell. She's like, you, you speak scripture every time you have a bad thought, and I promise you it will leave. And I was like, well, well but what what about if every time you had a bad thought you went and did a good thing like why so much focus on words and not actions i just i it's it's so it's so maddening because you can't what if what if you have a thought i mean he talks about he had a thought like he wanted to punch a kid or something and instead of saying he wanted to cheat on a test yeah but instead of saying but good for you you had those temptations and then you didn't act on them because you don't have to act on every thought you have it's well clearly the devil's inside your brain yeah all of these thoughts that you have are a problem you know they're only going and it's it's said they say over and over again only if you keep thinking about them and you like them but it's also just kind of like you're also responsible for the devil's thoughts that are in your head right. you're so responsible you for getting rid of any sort of impulse or whim that comes in your right in your you're mind. under a constant psychic attack yeah and the weapon is to quote scripture to the thought inside your head like imagine yeah. mm-hmm. if you're a gay kid and you have a crush on like another little kid of the same sex in your class and you think about them and you like thinking about them like that. Yeah. Like that is the kind of, this is the kind of thing that will drive you fucking up a wall and, and I think just that, turn into so much internalized yeah. homophobia and self-loathing. Yeah. Ugh. And I, again, it's, it's anything that your church stands against as well. You know, um, it also, if your church is against another religion, then, you know, that's going to cause a lot of cognitive dissonance if you're like, but my friend is that way. Yes. Um, it's all, look, you know, say what you want about religion, spirituality, and introducing it to a kid. I'm just saying, like, this concentration on spirituality or religion as a behavioral control is so dangerous. There's just right. no good way to implement that. Yeah. Without... I'm, not, I'm not getting into whether you should take your kids to church or when, yeah. I mean, speak, speak specifically this episode of television yeah. and what it's trying to teach, I think is like downright dangerous. Yeah. I think that, that, you know, things like this, and again, this was taught, this is an episode that I watched when I was a kid. Um, yeah, I think you just got to be careful with 
you know, just saying, well, the devil's playing around in your brain and you have to quote magic scripture and then he'll go away. But if he doesn't, then it's still your fault somehow. Still your fault. Even if you, even if you never act on those thoughts, if you think them more than once or enjoy them, then speaking you of religious, are sinning. Speaking of, Speaking of religious tolerance, this episode ends with, uh, this this segment ends with Eugene thanking Jeannie and saying he was worried he was going to have to be a wacko there for a moment. Like a non-Christian. Yeah, wacko. wacko. Yeah. 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 So back to Dry Gulch and the music has shifted dramatically. That's because Um, Nicodemus is about to enter the sheriff's office and admit to murder. Yes. He straight up comes in and he's like, (laughs) I just beat the living daylights out of Elmer Barnes. Then I pushed him into a creek. Then I made him dance in the middle of the street, meaning I I shot my gun at his feet. And then, oh, wait, no, it was all in his mind. And the music calms the fuck down. Yeah. (laughs) But, But it's too late for the rest of us. Uh, this is right. also, by the way, the preview of the episode is Nicodemus going, well, I shoved him off a cliff into the creek. And it's like, <laughs> <Yes>. what? <laughs> and then it's like, got the bill time. <laughs> and it's like, but he murdered somebody? Right. Yeah, Nicodemus says those things were all in his head. And uh, Gospel Bill says, luckily, thought crime isn't enforceable in Dry Gulch yet. Yet. <laughs> uh, also, that didn't come from you. That was the devil. Yeah. And we have to cast down imagination. I wrote that down, too. That and not fixate on bad thoughts. First of all, we just heard puppets have this exact same conversation. <laughs> yep. What is the point of having it again? Secondly, I'm getting more and more confused about what I'm supposed to do with this information. You don't understand like, cast down imaginations? No, I get it. Cast I'm down just your imagination. Sort of, cast I, them down. Cast them down. Do what we say. Cast Every down eight-year-old is going to understand Corinthians 10.5. <laughs> Uh, cast casting down, down imaginations and every oh. high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh. Obey God's word like Yeah, a and also would. like mold your thoughts into a way that they don't differ from the this thing that we have told you is the only way to think about things. Yeah. Oh. And again, it, it's just the, the sort of like weird, if you keep thinking about things, which is maddening because try to stop thinking about a thing by saying, I don't want to think about this. It's a, yeah. it's paradox. Losing. And if you, if you like them, then you've sinned against God, but right. it's, yeah. And so he says, he says, if you did in your mind, it's not a big deal. Um, he, you need to change the way that you, you think about things, but mostly just put the thoughts out of your mind instead of dealing with the behaviors behind them. Yeah, and, and he says, like, I know that you, because you're a Christian, God gave you a different kind of heart when you became a Christian, which apparently yeah. happened in the pilot. And uh, I know you actually want to love Elmer, he says, yeah. which is like a little bit more of a nuanced uh, bit of advice than we've gotten up to this point. And sure. then he says, you know what you should actually do is instead of worrying about Elmer, go spend some time with your girlfriend, which what a fucking concept. Like, this would have been my advice the first of these four identical scenes. Is this um, where, isn't this the point where he's like, uh, doesn't Elmer stink like a fucking fish? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes. he was like, yeah. And he's like, doesn't Trudy not like things that stink like a catfish? And he's like, you're right. Yes. Like, Great. Good yeah. job. You don't have to trust Trudy. <laughs> it's just exactly. a matter of like evidence uh, to support the fact that she will not leave you. If a guy that doesn't stink hits on her, though, you have the right to kill him. So if any of my ex-girlfriends are listening to this episode, here's where that started, by the way. <laughs> 
back at the You're Not Sick, You're Crazy general store, uh, <laughs> Nick encounters Miss Lana and notices that she's holding on to her stomach. Yeah. And I truly thought he was going to tell her to pray away her ulcer. But instead, he ne- uh, he also advocates a perspective shift, sure. which is kind of something I can actually get behind in the way that he he presents it, which is instead of thinking about the fact that the rain ruined your storeroom, think about the fact that when the town gets rained, the farmers have more money to spend and they'll be doing more shopping in your store, which will mean that you can replace all this, which is like actually a good chain of thought. It doesn't actually help her replace all the fucking damaged merchandise. But again, Um, it's just, it's just another way of saying, don't worry about it. Yeah. But instead of, uh, so instead of, you know, worrying about this, you should think about how great it is that it's been raining. Sure. And then he buys a box of, fancy candies and leaves to do some quote heavy duty courting and now we are approaching the inmost cave um outside the (laughs) store nicodemus tells elmer that he isn't going to try to fight or imagine him dying (laughs) yes and this is when i realized we're never we're never gonna meet miss trudy at all um because this is actually not about her she is a total uh anecdote footnote in this story this is between nick and all good christian women should be Lot's wife does not have a name. She is talked about and seen and (laughs) not seen and not heard. Just disobeys God and turns into a pillar of salt. We don't need to name that character. Nope. Um, So now we have the Supreme Ordeal. Very quickly, Nick says, I'm not going to pick fights with you anymore. And you don't. And Elmer's like, yeah, you won't need to because Miss Trudy has straight up rejected me. And Nick, like a good Christian, rubs Elmer's own words back in his face. Fucking face. And (laughs) trots off to Trudy's singing a song they definitely do not have the rights to. No, but they're singing it poorly enough that it's not going to matter. Yeah, he, Elmer's like, she's not attracted to me. And he's like, well... Fuck you, Elmer. I'm going to go get mine. Jesus, for the win. He, he, he quotes back to Elmer the lines that he yeah. said the first time they, the first of five times they had this identical conversation <laughs> um, and, and trots off with his box of candy into the, into the sunset. And, and now that should be maybe where the episode ends. Sort of. You could, you could have ended it there, but then but you don't you get the faith healing. And you would have missed my favorite exchange that ever happened, <laughs> ever, ever. Le- yeah. So uh, we go back to the general store, and in the 15 seconds that other scene took place, Lana's like, my pain's disappeared. Thanks, God. Yep. Thank you, Lord. My pain is gone. And Elmer comes in, and now this is the sort of act three healing of the community. Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, she, no we got to do this. Exactly. She says... <laughs> Chelsea, I'll please be take Ms. the Lana. line. Yeah. Hey, Elmer, how are you? I'm ugly. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's so good. Because I'm you, you I really the, did laugh at that point. I the episode to be like wrapping up and it's like, oh. <laughs> it's like we got to fucking check in on every single person. I'm ugly. How are you? I'm ugly. <laughs> he's bummed about Trudy Lou. And since the rejection, he's like, I, all I can do is picture everybody thinking that I'm ugly. And everyone I passed, I was sure they were saying, he's ugly. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> do you want to have like a quick talk about you know, giving your confidence to somebody else's opinion? Right. Like, nope, just change the way you think about it again. Yeah, exactly. Lana says, Elmer, I've got some good news for you. So in this new and better world, everyone is spreading the gospel of happy thoughts cure everything. Oh, but wait, there's more. (laughs) You think think this thing is fucking over? You wish. First things first, we have 
a weird static shot of a <laughs> lake and a prairie, and then Gospel Bill Show flies over it, and then we're in a middle school auditorium. <laughs> no, no, no. There's a weird pseudo commercial. There's like a there's like a fake commercial that comes on, and I'm so over it that I want to turn it off. But there's five minutes left of this video, and I it's might a weird. Not have had this. Oh my god, Andy! It's a commercial. That start. It's clips from the show with voiceover. It's Gospel Bell voicing over. Is everybody laughing at you? Do people take advantage of your what? situation? Oh yeah. Have you been feeling down lately? Is everybody laughing at you? Do people take advantage of your situation? this way forever oh i should have known actually the answer is simple what that's right all you need to do is belong to gospel bill's deputy club i mean just look at all the great things you'll receive when you join that's so upsetting <laughs> i remember that you expect me to believe you didn't belong to this deputy club i i don't think that that we would have signed me up for a thing like that but i do I do remember that commercial because I, I now that not playing it, yes. So I'm sorry for for folks at home. We uh, uh, Chelsea and I watched two different videos, and hers had a commercial for the Gospel Bill Deputy Club. Yep, Deputy sure. Club. Um, the uh, value propositions include: Is everybody laughing at you? Do people take advantage of your situation? Did some guys laugh at you? <laughs> It doesn't have to be this way forever. Uh, not explained how joining the club will solve the fact that everybody picks on me, but this is what mm -hmm. I get if I send a dollar to uh, Gospel Bill. Yeah. Um, you get a star-shaped badge. You get a letter from GB himself. What? You get a deputy club certificate, the official deputy's handbook, an autographed picture, <gasps> and a booklet with a drawing of a Native American person on it that says... Mm. Nowison's sign language code, which seems to be some kind of direct symbol to letter code, not based on anything. No, no, it's not going to be. Uh, but you're, you've, you've missed a, what is the picture of, though? What's the autograph picture of? It's Gospel Bill with Eugene. And it says, your partner, Gospel Bill. And Eugene has signed the picture as well, but they have they have put put the fact that it's a picture over it, so yes, you can't Eugene see. Eugene has also signed it. Who knows what Eugene's remarks would oh. be? Probably something like uh, "Best of luck, Jesus, <laughs> stay, stay in, in God's that, pouch, stay in that pouch." <laughs> so now we get to a black and white music video. Yeah, uh, this is called "Don't Let the Devil Steal Your Joy" because yep. that's what he comes around to do. That's the opening lyrics, sung by the dude that plays Nicodemus in an empty black and white auditorium. And they're on a stage, and it's him and this guy playing a grand piano. Yet mm -hmm. the, it is a synthesizer that's definitely playing here. Right. And there, it's such—it's weird, so weirdly shot, with Nicodemus sort of wandering around the stage and then wandering over to the piano, and the piano guy looking up at him. The note that I have for this is, if this was in French, it would sweep the festivals with awards. <laughs> The lines are like, the devil comes around to steal your joy. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, we're working in the realm of metaphor. Yeah. And then it says that the devil will kill you. And I'm like, yeah. how Still kill And it, the, the, the opening lyrics, and, and repeated a couple of times, you know, in true Gospel Bill fashion, can't just say it once. Can't just say it once. Don't, don't, let the devil, don't let the devil steal your joy from you, because that's what he comes around to do. Yeah. Steal, kill, and destroy you, and take your joy away. Destroy, understand from a metaphor 
metaphorical standpoint, steal doesn't seem possible that the devil could physically steal you and kill sure. you also seems like me. Are we but talking then, like if you, if you throw yourself into a life of crime and then no, nah, it was, I, I understand this, this concept is always lost on me as well. The devil is, is out to, to kill you and destroy you. Destroy. Yeah, you're right. That is a metaphorical, like he's, he's going to lead you to ruin, but no the devil also wants you to die as well. It's, it's, there's no look. Yeah, there's no lot internal logic as if the devil really needs you on, on earth doing his bidding. Yes, but he also wants to kill he, you. Why would he want you dead? Yeah, the devil has some mixed motives. So, yeah. cool, we get to experience that. Um, it's still not over though, because nope. now, <laughs> GB is gonna, the... gonna go all Jaleel White, Kirk Cameron on us and sit on the edge <laughs> yes. of a thing. And, and yeah, there is food stare, involved. <laughs> stare down the barrel of a camera for some straight talking involving props. Yep. Um, and he says, do you know your mind has to eat? The and you're thinking, you think. no, God, Bill, I don't <laughs> shove food in my fucking brain. Well, fuck you, little kid. You better listen. Hey, this would be great. I'm going to go back and dub this all with just foul language. It's a fucking analogy. <laughs> so he's like. Shut the fuck up, kid. Why don't you listen to everything the gospel Bill fucking says before you fucking interrupt? The yeah. gospel is literal, but I speak in metaphor. So he says, the thoughts you think are the food your mind feeds on. And now the man is smelling dog food to yeah, make he's got, <laughs> he's got a giant bowl of dog food. And he's like, well, let's look at this food right here. I got a big old bowl of food. Let's, and he smells it. And he's like, well, I don't think I want to eat this. Oh, this is dog food. <laughs> it's like, and he's you like, poured it. Why, who who yeah, put it there? It was in your hand when we started. <laughs> don't worry, Chelsea. And he's like, but then sometimes you think angry thoughts. And it's like this bowl of food and it's just another bowl of dog food <laughs> yes. and he dumps it on the ground <laughs> so worry angry thoughts and revenge are dog food for the mind <laughs> so ridiculous Chelsea <laughs> <Kelsey>, stop stop <laughs> stop there's a grown ass man dressed like a cowboy staring at the camera and dumping dog food on the ground you know what I know I said in the past <laughs> that when, when Jaleel White and Kurt Cameron did this they didn't look cool but I take it back because <laughs> compared to this they look fucking amazing and they are he, truly rad he wraps it up by saying think on good things and you'll be glad you did and then my I, last my last note is how did i survive this oh my fucking god this i'm so angry from a writing standpoint <laughs> from it's a offensive. moral standpoint it's offensive across the board it's, it's like not helpful it's, like this, it's not at all helpful. Chelsea, like, would you say that this show is a, like a big bowl of dog food? Yes, this is dog food dumped for, on the your, ground. for your mind. <laughs> I just, I can get behind. Look, if there is a valuable lesson to be taught and you want to teach it in a secular way or you want to teach it in a religious way, that's up to, that's between you, literally between you and your God. Like how you want right. to teach your kids to understand morality is up to you. And you and koalas and you and Eugene the puppet. That's between this is nothing, the three though. or four of you. This is actively more harmful. It's confusing. It's misinforming. It's, mm. it's fucking badly written. Yeah. <laughs> it's so tedious. Um, I don't even care about the acting at this point because I don't expect <laughs> I much more. It's... It's really, there's so much to talk about here. The costumes are so ill-fitting that they <laughs> have turned 
pour Lana's breasts into like a wooden block it's a boob on her shelf. chest. They've made like a straight up, but like a very like IKEA brand boob shelf. Yeah, like you could definitely store all of the old Bay seasoning on on poor Miss Lana. <laughs> and here. again, Elmer is wearing just like a very tight Western shirt and Wranglers. Like he's just like a Garth Brooks roadie yeah. in the mid '90s. It's not period at all. Like. Uh, you know what else? But I did do some research into this because I was uh-huh. like, okay, this went on for a long time. Let's sure. let's find out what's did what's they happening. get any better? Is that what you're? Your, yeah, your let's find out was? what Willie George sure. is up to today. So from my research, I learned this is still just about this show. Mm-hmm. Willie George also played the town stock villain Luther Bedlow, who does not appear in this episode, and I'm upset about that because I would have liked to see him do a nice. role. Hey, well, the next time we watch an episode of this, Chelsea, don't worry, I'll find. He also one. plays a character named Furman Farnsworth, who's the guy that owns the ranch where Nick works. And now I'm getting, and he voices the puppets. I'm getting a real later seasons Family Matters vibe around yeah. all of this. Uh, but this is the beginning. He is J- Jaleel Whited himself immediately. <laughs> immediately, he's Urkel um, himself right also, in there. Also, Jaleel White is. Like is is fucking Patrick Stewart compared to this guy? Yeah. Um, White. Willie George, the Gospel Bell. Yeah. Started the church on the move on the outskirts of Tulsa in 1987 with 163 congregants. Church on the Move now has a conservative church membership numbering well over 10,000 people. This is yep. as of 2009. Mm-hmm. It is a two-campus church and classified as a mega church in the Tulsa area. As of 2010, it was reported to be the largest church in Tulsa with an average Sunday attendance of 9,000 to 11,000 people. Right. Um, shortly after the Gospel Bill show first aired, Willie George opened Dry Gulch USA, now known as New Life Ranch Frontier Cove, in Adair, Oklahoma, a Western-themed Christian children's summer camp. What? And I went to the Church on the Move website. What? I watched a couple of videos. Okay. Especially enjoyed Willie George's sermon on the Antichrist. Sure. And I gotta say, I learned this. You want to <laughs> talk about what I learned this episode? Oh, by all means, let's get into it. Every podcaster, myself included, is just one really good iTunes review away from opening her own mega church, <laughs> because this is something that I can totally see myself doing. You want to be a cult? You want to be a cult leader, Chelsea? Latch onto a thing and listen to the sound of your own voice. Talk about it for an hour while sure. people applaud. I'm into it. I get yeah. it. I at this point, I was like, "Well, Willie George, I don't agree with your methods. I don't agree with the way this is written." I can't say that I would have done it any differently if I had been given a microphone this size, however. (laughs) How's that? Uh, (laughs) I also think that this is a very specific thing about you in that it's not so (laughs) much... you, You don't want to be in a situation where you're just a speaker. The podcasting is great, but I don't think that's enough for you. I think the big difference between podcaster and church or cult leader is that you get to make uh, a bunch of rules Mm -hmm. and a number one at the top of the list is you must listen to me. Yeah. Every time that I talk. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the appeal. What did I learn? I didn't learn anything about this episode other than I, you know what? I, I really, because uh, religion for me as a kid really, uh, messed with my mind in this sort of like obsessive compulsive way where it was, you know, constant monologue in my head of the devil's out to get you and God doesn't much, you know, control your thoughts is a straight up clockwork orange title. That title is is insane. It's a hundred percent. And you know, there's, there's the, the oldest thing in the book. Uh, I, I'm instructing you right now to not imagine a polar bear. What are you thinking about? Right, 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 right. It's, you know, it's, uh, 
it really just underlines the the problem that I had growing up in, with religion, which was you know it's it didn't it didn't help me as much as it gave me a lot of different habits to sort of cling on to, but those weren't very well explained. I don't know. You're telling kids to control their thoughts and it's by telling them that the things. devil. Yeah, like they they. They propose two different approaches, one of which I can get behind. The idea of a perspective shift yeah, and saying like, hey, instead of fixating on Elmer, why don't you go spend time with your girlfriend? That kind of thing I can totally get behind. Sure. The idea of like, it's not a sin the first time you think it, but if you think it more times and especially if you enjoy it, then it becomes a sin. So don't yeah. think it at all. That's a completely different piece of advice. Yes. One of these things is doable and one of them is not. And it's, it's like also it really makes you feel like you're I mean, you tell this to a kid and it's like, look, you've got two thoughts in your brain, one of them that you control and the rest of it is the devil trying mm-hmm. to tempt you. That's just that's, you know, another maddening thought where it's like, oh, the devil is constantly making me think horrible things. I'm right. being tortured constantly and, and I have to quote stri- scripture or else I'm complicit in, you know, the, the sin. Right. It's a devil. This is where you get into like devil made me do it stuff where yeah. it's sort of like it's another abdication of personal responsibility. You owe me so many episodes of my so-called life for I've making done, me fucking I've watch done, this. What? I've done three. You've done Haven't two. I? Two. two. Fine. That looks like I've got another gospel bill episode to throw out there. <laughs> No, this is this is definitely the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this sort of programming. And I'm very sorry, Chelsea, that you uh, became friends with me, because that just means that it's all been leading up to this. Is what we watch. It's been a long con. <laughs> it's been a long, it's been con. a long fucking con to make yep. you watch your to evangelize me into this uh, the church on the move. The thing about the church on the move, though, is there are eleven thousand people every Sunday. If I show up, they're not going to know I'm there. Nope, it's it's very true. But God will know. Yeah, it's true. Um, who do you want to hug? Oh, fuck. I mean, I have to choose someone. Lana, because she needs a better so. doctor. Yeah, Lana just needs some fucking help. <laughs> right? Just why don't why doesn't everybody stop jawing at Lana <laughs> and telling her how to fix her fucking brain? You goddamn woman brains on the move. Why don't you fucking, oh, I'm so sorry that happened. Do you need help fixing your roof, Lana? Or, you know. Right? No one offers to help her fix a roof. That never enters the equation. You remember how you said that Ned ran into the general store and said, we're all going to die? I just remembered (laughs) that somebody said that on Kid Nation 2 at the end of the episode. It's a wild western uh, bon mot here. Here's the thing I know, Chelsea, and, and this is my advice to you and I guess everybody else out there. I just remembered this episode this week. I just remembered this series uh, this week. So I'd forgotten about it for a good chunk of my life. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind as encouragement. There's every chance you'll forget all about this uh, moving forward as well. Hey, here's hoping. Here's hoping. Here's praying. (laughs) Y'all, thank you. God willing. Thank you for uh, joining us in our pouch cast. Just uh, speak to you directly from inside God's From inside the pouch. pouch of God. <laughs> God. Yep. Uh, yeah, so signing off from a Jesus possum. Um, thank you for going on this weird journey with us down yeah. to Dry Gulch and through a koala sanctuary and coming out on the other end, learning to control our thoughts. Hey, Andy, what are we going to watch next time? Next time. This this cowboy theme is just getting started. Yep. 
and then we'll quickly end next week when we watch <laughs> Hey Dude. Yep. The episode Melody's Brother, season three. Good luck trying to find it. It is technically a lost episode. Yeah, the lost episode of Hey Dude. Yep. So please continue to listen to our podcast. It will get better. <laughs> oh my God. Thank oh, you yes. very much, and we will see you next time. Bring snacks. Yeehaw. Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box, where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks!